Hey guys, it's Wade here. You ever wonder what it's like to be on tour with six different comics? Well, check out the new web series I was a part of this summer called the Transparent Comedy Tour. It drops on September 24th, and you want to check it out right now. Just head on over to progmediacompany.com slash Transparent Comedy Tour, or go to YouTube and search Transparent Comedy Tour in the search bar. Watch it, like, subscribe. It's a good time. We had a fantastic tour, and hopefully with your guys' support, we'll do it again. Check it out, progmediacompany.com slash Transparent Comedy Tour. Not worth the time with Wade Taylor. What's up, everybody? You know what time it is. You know what day it is. It's fucking Monday. It's been two weeks, so that means it's time for Not Worth the Time. Yeah, we about to break it down, get into some shit, talk some shit. You want to talk shit? I'm trying to get into your shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I didn't know how to start that off. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. Oh, it's been a it's been a doozy of a week. A uh, couple weeks had my my birthday, um, which came with the uh, the fun task. Of going and getting a new license. Yes, my license finally expired. And I'm also in a new state. So I couldn't just renew it. I had to go do all the fun stuff. Especially, you know, adding... Since they added the new star to the, the, the driver's license. You need that school circular star on your license. Otherwise, you can't fly domestically. Yes, we added this like little thing. A stamp of approval to say you can fly. It's so weird. They add all these weird things to it that make it impossible for you to just do the simplest task. Eh, there's so much security. You gotta have your fucking license like that. Either it's either get a new one by that, by I think like October something is what I remember reading, or you had to get a uh, new or bring your passport to the to the airport or something. You couldn't use just your license if it doesn't have that uh, gold star on it. What that fuck's that gold star going to tell you? It's just one more thing that people, harder for people to counterfeit. Counterfeit people already know how to make that. Let me tell you something. Those guys are on top of their fucking game. They make sure they know how to get the license to look good. Got to get that counterfeit business. There's How come every, like, teen movie always ta- shows that scene where there's the one kid in high school who can make fake IDs? That kid doesn't exist in every high school, by the way. Never knew that kid. Never saw that kid in my high school ever. There was, there is no, there were no fake IDs when I was in high school. It was like your brothers, like some people I knew, had, like their brothers gave each other their IDs or their sisters, or like a cousin sometimes. But like, you never like an act. So it was always like a real ID, but you kind of like had to pass off as like somebody else. So. I, I, I never knew anybody who was creating fake IDs. It seems very hard. I don't know. Never seemed like that cool of a thing to me. Right? Just have a... And I wasn't even getting booze. Just getting cigars and shit in high school. Just getting out tobacco buzz. That's what we were about. We were about smoking a tobacco in high school. 16 years old, rolling around in a Ford Bronco. Yeah, with the exhaust coming through the back because it wasn't shielded properly. I've lost so many brain cells probably sitting in the back of that Bronco, huffing on fucking cigars and 
just yeah, my bread, my buddy Josh's uh, Bronco was not probably safe for us to be in. I remember sticking my head out the window from the back seat, and the, the Bronco doesn't have windows on its back seat, but so I'd stick my head out to get fresh air out the passenger side seat. I'd be like, "Move your head! I gotta fucking stick my head out. It's ex- awful back here." Uh, who knows how long, how much damage I did to myself sitting in the back of that car. But I had to go get a new license, and this is something I realized. Um, about getting my license. It, it was a little bit of a revelation because I had to bring in a bunch of documentation since I'm in a new state now. They got to make sure we know who you are. We have to dot our T's and cross our I's. Um, the, the government says that because they don't know how to do anything right. So they, they cross the I's and dot the T's. You know, they don't know what they're doing. They're dumb. So well, I have to bring in all this extra information. So I have to bring in a passport uh, or a birth certificate. So I bring my passport. It's just easier. And uh, they they have to do a photocopy of it. This is what I realized, guys. If you want to make any of your friends look like they're probably some kind of spy, foreign spy or foreign agent that's like wanted in multiple countries for espionage or something like that, just make a photocopy of their passport because you look like a Russian spy. Like... It, I'm sure Dateline or um, America's Most Wanted, where they get all their photos, they just try to get the copies from the DMV of people's passports to make sure that they look just as menacing as possible. I don't know why, but it is just like that black and white of like you just stone-faced just from the uh, neck up, just looking dead straight in the camera. You just look like I've killed people. I will go from country to country doing the bidding of Mother Russia. That's a, that's what I looked like in this. I look like they would if they used that and put it on TV. They'd be like, "This is the spy that helped Donald Trump in his Russia collusion." Like they try to spin that. Like I'd be some kind of fall guy, and then I'd start getting pelted with tomatoes out in public uh, because I I look like a Russian espionage and I'm digging up dirt on uh, foreign agents and shit. It's unreal. I couldn't believe it was just scary. Then I, I had also had to take a test. I had to take the test for um, for uh, driving. I haven't taken a test on how to drive in so long. I didn't have to actually physically drive, thank God. But you had to do like um, this open book test. Since like I'm guessing some of the laws here might be different in Utah compared to Iowa is what it is. I've never, you know, I don't know. That's what's weird about that. So I get a new license. I have to take a test here in Utah to pass their laws. But if I just come from another state and want to drive through, nobody stops me and goes, hey, do you know the laws of Utah while you're driving through here, sir, on vacation? How does that work? I don't, like, so becoming a, a like, a recognized Utah license holder, I have to be certified through their testing thing. But I don't if I just drive here. It makes no sense to me. I just don't get all of the the hoopla. I know, like, uh, the whole point of it is, like, separation, of the diligence of powers, and, like, having the different states, and they're all different. Um, but I'm just, like, shocked that there isn't just one giant, um, like, card. Like, you just don't have, like, a government ID that is just that. I wonder... If I just carried my passport around, if you could just, like, that's not a driver's license, though, so you're not, like, valid to drive. I don't know. I'm just surprised they haven't just made an all-in-one to represent everything, so it's, like, universal across the board. 
I mean, I guess that's what driver's ed is. It's like it's just like the overhaul of that. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, dude. I have I, I just hate driving. I always have. I fucking hated driving since I was a 16-year-old kid. They were like, oh, you get to be free now and drive around and be your own person and drive drive yourself and go to baseball. And I was like, yeah, and now people expect me to be places. That's what ultimately what actually driving comes down to. You don't get to go to cool, fun things you want to do all the time. That's what you think. That's what they promise you. And then what happens? You end up having to pick up your brothers from uh, some kind of, like, after school thing or like you got to go help your mom pick uh you got to be there to help pick up your mom when her car's in the shop you just become a, a mobile errand boy that's what having a car is man i hated it it's like if i could somehow just do tra- public transportation and not have to waste a ton of time doing that that's the hardest part having a car is convenient but like you you wish you didn't have the responsibility and like you oh I have to catch the train and all that kind of stuff. It would just make life so much easier if you could use the public transit system. If I could, I would. But there's too much waiting involved and too much like time wasted riding on the rails the whole time. Riding them rails like a goddamn bum, like a hitchhiker trying to make it to the big rock candy mountains, just car hopping, living life. <laughs> it's so funny to think of like people who just take public transit in uh New York. They're just all <laughs> they're all just bag of vans, checking, hopping on the train, uh, hopping cars, making sure we can get from one place to another. We're free here in New York, underneath the cars, running around, doing what we do. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Uh, but look, you know what's uh, you know what's not free is uh this thing I found about um they weren't they weren't helping these guys be free. Uh I found this new thing guys we're hopping in the stories and stuff I found this week. You this one's crazy. And this is right up my alley, of course. It's the secret history of Fort Dietrich. The CIA base for mind control experiments. Today's cutting edge it's a Today, it's a cutting-edge lab. In the 1950s and 60s, it was the center of the U.S. government's darkest experiments. <laughs> Damn. That's a heavy thing. It says right here, in 1954, a prison, a prison doctor in Kentucky isolated seven black inmates and fed them double, triple, and quadruple doses of LSD for 77 days straight. Now, I'd have never done hallucinogens. God damn it. I don't want you to restart, you stupid computer. You stop. How dare my computer just fuck up my flow talking about how LSD is being used as a mind control substance. How dare you, Windows. That's just that's just uh, Bill Gates hopping on telling me he's like, you have an update. I'm going to interrupt your thought because he doesn't want me being like discovering the true path. Yeah, we're going to, you want to go down conspiracy road with me? Here we go. Yeah, Bill Gates uses Windows to control us. Much like Steve Jobs is using micro, uh, Apple to control us all. You're all stuck in your phones. He, Microsoft wants you to be sucked in your computer. They want you to stay here the whole time. They want you to restart your update and all that good stuff. He wants to just give me updates on this computer, right? Oh, is it out of the kind of his heart? Probably not. There's probably some kind of benefit to the stock he has in Microsoft by updating my computer and mining more data. I, there was no substance to that. 
That was just a rant trying to connect something that has no... See, that's how easy it is to build a conspiracy theory connection, guys. That's why, like, I don't believe in half the shit people say. I like making fun of it and making those drastic connections like that because that has literally no substance. <laughs> like, who you think fucking um, Bill Gates wants me to be distracted from reading about this stupid uh, experiments that happened uh, back in the day. He probably doesn't care. He probably doesn't even care that there was experiments with LSD back then. If uh, Him and his buddy Steve Jobs probably took LSD together. I know Steve Jobs did LSD. He thought he could treat his cancer using different shit like that, but he couldn't. But that's not happening. But back to this story and why what's going on here. For 77 days they were using this. Uh, nobody knows what happens to those victims, it says here, by the way. Nobody knows if they died. No one knows if they just kind of walk, walked on out free men. Like, you trip seven. <laughs> the, me and Nathan, I think, talked about uh, this on a podcast on Who Gives Up. About how, like, uh, they're trying to experiment with some kind of drug that makes uh, time uh, like five minutes feel like 30 years or something like that. And they're thinking about giving that, administrating that to like criminals. So they like serve a 30 year sentence, but it was only five minutes um, in reality. So it like fucks with their mind in that way, which I was like, that's super fucked up. But maybe that's why they just let these guys go after 77 days of fucking LSD dosage. They're, they're just like, yeah, you guys can go out. And then now they're just out. You know, roaming the st- they roaming the streets. They were just like uh, homeless people hopping them rail cars. <laughs> they were like, "Don't drive the real cars; they'll explode." The government has bombs in all of them, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, sure, crazy guy." These guys were the original. <laughs> this, these seven dudes were the original like homeless guys who yelled on corners, conspiracy theorists. But they were actually probably right in some aspects. They were like, "We've seen some shit," and everyone's like, "You're fried on LZ. Get out of here, you dope fiend." Yeah. What's funny is this is in 1954 that they're giving people LSD, and then like the 60s is when LSD became like a mainstream drug for people to use. So like then it then makes you wonder is it that whole thing like the CIA is definitely handing out uh, all these kind of drugs to people? Who knows? Uh, Fort uh, Detrick, an army base 50 miles from Washington in Maryland town of Frederick. Uh, 76 years ago, however, it was an when the army directed Dietrich as a place to develop super secret plans to wage germ warfare. That's what, this is what's crazy. As I go through this article more, it talks about how like the CIA hid, uh, CIA's hidden meta, uh, chemical and mind control empire. This is, it was hidden here along with where they used germ, trying to discover germ warfare. And then I guess right around World War II, it says that they were like, yeah, once World War II uh, kicked off and was done with, uh, the program, like, we stopped with germ warfare because we were like, hey, we got nukes. Who gives a shit? And then the Cold War happened, and they were just straight up like, uh, what's what's it say? The the Cold War began, however, in two seemingly uh, unrelated developments on uh, on opposite sides of the world suddenly – well, okay, so it says two seemingly unrelated developments on opposite sides of the world stun the newly created uh, Central Intelligence ACC and gave Dick and uh, Diedrich a new mission. I just want to call it Dick for some reason. My brain is like, get rid of the ETR and just say, make it say Dick uh, because my brain's immature. 
But, like, yeah, once the Cold War happened, like, the CIA was like, yeah, we don't want German warfare or nukes, but we definitely want mind control. So let's get rolling on that. Is it been proven that, like, Russia has those sleeper agents? Because I, I want to know because according to my – looking at that printed out passport picture of me, I am a goddamn sleeper agent of some kind. I don't know how uh, I've been in the United States my whole life, but I feel like somehow they've been – that might have happened. Like that, that picture, if you showed me that picture of myself, I'd be like, that guy's a Russian spy. So, I like, did they ever prove that there are sleeper agents that are, like, triggered by, like, a word? I know there's, like, the Americans where it was, like, actual, like, placed – um, things, but like they always talk about, like those sleeper agents. Um, what's this say here? Uh, the first was shown. Uh, the the first was the show trial of the Roman Catholic uh, primate uh, of Hungary, Joseph Cardinal uh, Mindzella. Of course, they tried to do something with Mindzella as a fucking <laughs> as, a, as a mind control. Uh, in the nineteen forty nine, at the trial, the cardinal appeared disoriented, spoke in a monotone, and was conf and confessed to crimes. He eventually, uh, he inevitably not committed. Okay, so he didn't commit the crimes. Then, after the Korean War ended, it was revealed many American prisoners had. Uh, signed statements uh, criticizing the United States and in some cases confessing to war crimes. The CIA came up with the same um, explanation for both. Brainwashing communists, uh, the CIA concluded, <laughs> communists, the CIA concluded, must have developed a drug or technique that enabled them to control human minds no evidence of this ever emerged but the cia fell hard for the fantasy okay so the cia was like these goddamn commies are coming over here and brainwashing the catholics we can't let the catholics go down they're too important to the society it's just weird that's just this is two giant organizations that's why when people are like oh the church is so nice yeah they were cooperating with the cia apparently too it sounds like uh so so, like, there's just two organizations that you definitely want to talk about. I don't know. This is a fascinating read, though, because I never knew about – you. everybody talks about that. You read about that all the time about the CIA, the FBI, or in some shady shit. But, like, this is uh, pretty well documented. And this is on Politico.com, uh, so it's not like it's a non-reputable source. I mean, they – Put out stuff all the time. In 1951, Duels hired a chemist to design and oversee a synthetic ser search for the key to mind control. The, the government just throws money at like sci-fi things. They're like, we can fucking do this. Also, let's make a flying saucers while we're at it. Make an Area 51. Nobody's gonna raid it in 2019. That's never forever ago. The CIA, man, so shady. Just this article is pretty fascinating, though. I don't go through the whole thing. Because it's, uh, it's a lot. So, but we'll move on here. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's fascinating. Uh, dude, I, I feel bad. I just wasted most of the podcast talking about that, I feel like. But it's whatever. Let's move on to the next thing. You know, something that you can actually use in your life. Or maybe you're interested in. Like, how successful people make decisions differently. You know? Because, uh... We want to look at the, uh, successful people all the time. Like the CIA, they made they made sure successful people made decisions differently by dosing them with LSD. Hmm, that's weird that this article brings that up. I can't believe it says it right there. Yeah, the CIA helps successful people by giving them doses of LSD and then telling them what to do. Huh, 
Makes sense. That man, I don't get to why the one percent is where it's at. <laughs> this podcast today took a fucking hard left turn with that. I don't know. I thought that secret history thing was gonna be more fun. Uh, and I got a couple jokes in there, but it 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 was rough. Let's be honest. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it's let's get to the meat and potatoes of why this. Uh, knowing all decisions are not created equal. Successful people recognize that there are small, medium, and big decisions. That's right. We got big decisions to make today. Do I sleep with my secretary or hold off one more time? I don't want to, you know, sleep with her and then lose my millions. Like uh, that's a big decision. I, I might lose my entire company, my wife, because I cheated on her with my secretary, and I don't want my sexitary. Sexitary. <laughs> <laughs> this has got a secretary. This is good. It's my secretary. I don't want to. Sl- <laughs> a secretary is the the non-gender specific of a secretary. It's neither a man or a woman. <laughs> it's, it's a secretary. You you could have sex with a male secretary or a female secretary. <laughs> my brain just let that slip out real good. Yeah, but those are the big decisions these people are after. Uh, small decisions impact every day, uh, such as what you wear and what you eat. Medium decisions impact your life uh, for years to come. Um, as well, go back to school or having a roommate and affect your life and crash and burn moments. Uh, successful people don't spend a lot of time on small decisions. No, no shit. They're like, yeah, I don't have time for that. That's why they delegate to their secretaries. <laughs> They're like, get my secretary to do it. Uh, the big decisions uh, made once or twice a year. Successful people use goals to navigate their choices. That makes sense. Here's like a countdown of four things they look at. Keep the five primary goals and stay focused on them. Uh, they identify the top priority and give favorable treatment to those. Um, they look for goals to decision uh, to overlap and treat this decision. And they uh, appreciate m- monument, identify the benefits of continuing to move in the right direction. Yeah, that makes sense. See, I was listening to something the other week about somebody was like breaking down about how there isn't uh, actually a need for hierarchies and there aren't hierarchies everywhere in life. Like you have hierarchies on what you find more important in your life. That's what's weird. So like this is that's the number two thing. So you got to keep your top priorities. This is probably the most important thing when it comes to like some of these people when it comes to being successful, though, it's like dealing with bad decisions. This is what I was interested. In. We all make bad decisions, but successful people uh, course correct more quickly, says uh, Wit Taker. Uh, most people don't act. It's painful, he says. When successful people have enough evidence that they have made the bad decision, they look for more and they are willing to shut down a business for example and go a different direction they fail fast move on and then they don't talk about it again <laughs> just just like me when, when my parents got divorced it, it was a failed it was a failed partnership uh i moved on and we just uh, don't talk about it anymore it's not a thing we don't talk about it you just, you just use that irish repression and just push it down push it down see so that just like why are Irish people not better decision makers then? I think I'll tell you why cuz we're drunk. Uh that's such a bad stereotypical joke way. I hate it. Uh they also fix fast. They significantly change a deal. This isn't a matter of trying harder. Uh that's a, uh that's a good intention trap, but it always it always it's always more of the same. 
it's always trying you're always trying hard yeah that makes sense so you're like oh good intentions that makes more sense like you're like oh i made a bad decision but my intentions were good well it doesn't matter because if it still fucks you up it doesn't matter uh avoid pitfalls okay the most important recognizes your ability to make good decisions um such as when you are in a hurry uh prideful angry lonely re uh, rejected and burned or tired. Uh, successful people know when they're not in a good place to make a decision, and they say, let me sleep on that, or let me think about that. I'll go back to you. Dude, that's like the biggest thing. I don't think people sleep on decisions they're going to make enough. I think a lot of people just like rush whatever they're trying to do. They get real crazy, and they think they got to make a decision now. That's not really the case most of the time. I think if you sleep on a decision, you can get right to it. Like it, it helps. Your brain plays out scenarios in your head sometimes. I always feel better because like, as soon as I wake up and if I'm thinking about that thing and I go, this is what I want to do, I'm like, I obviously, if I'm thinking about it that hard, that's what I need to do. So that's always good. Uh, I think that's one of the most like helpful things of making any kind of big decision is always sleep on it. You can always, like, unless it's like an immediate like life or death, you've got to know now situation waiting it out and having a small amount of time to think about it is always good you gotta weigh pros and cons man it's good time uh but yeah that's why those are some tips right there check out that article for more tips about like what you need to do now let's get into some things here let's get into this now i like this i'll this article is called i'll have what she's having how and why we copy choices of others now we're all copycats guys and we all try to avoid it you guys remember like when you were a kid i did this a lot where like my brother would get a certain type of soda he got to the fountain before i did and he wanted to and so he was going to get a drink he got the drink i was going to get and you're like shit well i don't want to get what he got because then i'm going to copy or he might take my soda and be like when my his was more full that's what it came down to i was probably like he's going to eventually try to take my soda because it's more full because he drank his faster and then i'm going to be like that's my soda and he's like no oh this one's mine and then yeah so you got to like mark it different where you like put put all the things on top of it you know so <laughs> that, that's such a psychopathic thing for a fucking eight-year-old to try to do. Yeah, or you didn't, like, want to order the same thing. That was, like, the big thing. I never wanted to order the same thing as my brothers. I had to be completely different. So, uh, but the, you do copy people. You try to copy success, I feel like, is what this is going to talk about, probably. At least I hope so. Let's see here. It says, social signals. Uh, we developed a theory that somehow, uh, that some, or, God, man, I'm adding words. We developed a theory that how and why people match or mimic others' choices depends a lot on the uh, on the attributes of the thing they being selected. Uh, choices have what we call or ordell ornell attributes or whatever i don't know i can't read guys my brain's shutting down um objectivity such as size price okay all that good stuff okay uh attributes other hand uh misunderstood reflect one's personal preferences okay gotcha uh one scoop or two in one study conduct a hundred uh 190 undergrad students were told uh, to participate, they were on their way to an ice cream parlor with their friend to get a cone. When they were, w we then told our wait, wait, we then told our would be. I don't. I think there's some sentences missing out of there. Uh, would be ice cream customers and their 
okay, such as getting one scoop of vanilla or two scoops of chocolate, two scoops of vanilla or two scoops of chocolate, or whatever, one or one of one, either. And we asked the participants what they want to order. We found people were much more likely to order the same size in comparison to uh, but not the same as flavor. See, that makes sense. I like, especially with the ice cream thing, uh, you don't want to look like a fatty. Like, if your buddy gets, like, a one scoop, and you're like, I'm going to get two chocolate scoops. Like, you, you, uh, you're you either really confident. I, I, like, if someone's like, I'm getting two chocolate scoops, I'm like, oh, good for you. That person's confident. Whereas, like, I would want two scoops, but if I heard somebody else go, I'm getting one, I'd be like, oh, shit, uh, I can't get two now because I'm going to look like a tubby. Like, that's, that's how my brain works. I, don't, I would fucking start seizing up. So, that, okay, it's a, uh, uh, other context. Uh, another study, we replicated a same different product. Okay, for example, the experiment we gave uh, the participants one U.S. dollar to buy uh, four granola bars at a mock store at a university. Um, as the order, uh, they picked up each other. Um, they could pick up either the more expensive, well-known brand, or the cheaper one sold at the grocery store under the, its own label. Um, Okay. Oh, man, dude, sometimes reading these studies. Yeah, it doesn't where's the, where's the conclusion? Um I just kind of want as a result they as a result they were the same as all the other studies including one we conducted involving different brand shapes of pasta and variety uh of profiles of wine. People match the ordained attributes in this case the amount Okay, yeah, so people are more willing to compare the amounts. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. That makes a lot of sense because you don't want to – probably don't want to come off greedy uh, if you, somebody gets less and you want to get more, especially if they're paying for it. Like, you ever, like, do that where you somebody's paying, so you're just like, shit, I'm going to tone it down here. I can't get any more. Got to, like, I got to draw back a little bit. Um, damn it. Oh, God. I have these flowers that I got. My girlfriend got me some flowers uh, as part of one of my gifts for my birthday. And I have my water underneath it. I think when I shake the desk, some pollen keeps falling <laughs> into my water because then I go, yeah, yeah. I think I'm tasting pollen <laughs> in my water. Like, yeah. It's not, not, it's not bad. Uh, you know, they get the, get a bit, a little bit of lilac flavor in there, you know, like, like in that great British bake off. Yes. Oh, shit. Guys, I thought it would never come. It's time for the misconnections of the week. Yes, yes. It's been a weird podcast today, guys. I apologize. But you know what? You'll live. You'll live. You'll like it. And this is just how it is. That's why it's called Not Worth the Time. Sometimes I bring you horseshit. And you're like, damn, that wasn't worth my time. Yeah, but you took the risk. And I appreciate it. And keep coming to punninggame.com. And we, we, we'll, hit, we'll hit some home runs. Trust me. This one um, comes from Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, it's called thanks to the thanks to the young lady in the white cutoff shorts. Weird to be thanking somebody that you'll never actually see this, but okay, you thank them right there, sir. You you do your thing. Uh, have to give a shout out 
to the hottie in row 35. Creepy that you're calling out where she sits. Maybe she's a season ticket holder. And now you're like, uh, of the student section at the Huskers game Saturday. Okay, so it was a, it's not a assigned seat. But still, real creepy. Why are you t why are you in the student section pointing out girls and uh, giving them shout-outs on Craigslist? Who wants to get shout-outs? I don't think anybody in the history of the world has ever gone, man, I'm going to get up today and I hope I got a shout-out on Craigslist. It will be fucking cool. Um, you wore white cutoff shorts, um, and a red half top perfect. Uh, oh, and I must say beautiful face and hair and rockin' tan. Well, don't compliment somebody's tan. That's the creepiest thing you can do, complimenting someone's tan. I know everybody's still in this post-hangover Jersey Shore uh, world, but you can't compliment people's tan. It's creepy. You know why? Because you sound like Buffalo Bill. When you're trying to talk about someone's skin in any capacity, you sound like Buffalo Bill. You sound like you want to take this girl and put her in a well and tie her up and try to make her put lotion on her skin, particularly tanning lotion, because you're fucking weird. I couldn't pay attention to the game. That's how drunk were you, sir, that you couldn't pay attention to the game. You could only think about this woman. Very weird. I only say that because I've been there. But you shouldn't do it. You don't post it on Craigslist. You keep that shit to yourself. And you act like you saw the big play that happened. You cheer when everybody else did. You are smoking. Please let me see more. You're not gonna. Because you're creepy and talking about her tan. You're buffalo billing it, dude. Stop. Guys, you know what you shouldn't stop, though? You shouldn't stop going to punninggame.com, where we got podcasts coming out every fucking day of the week. That's right, guys. Monday through Friday, we got the hottest of pods for you. Um, we also, if you feel like supporting the site, you love it so much, you like this show a lot, guess what? We got shirts we got hoodies that's right i just got finally got one of my sample hoodies for the not worth the time hoodie. guys fucking soft so nice so clean so fresh i've gotten compliments wearing it out in public already guys people like the not worth the time logo and you it doesn't even look like you're wearing a podcast shirt that's the coolest part it's not in your face enough you can be like people be like oh my god man cool shirt i like your style you you just don't want to deal with people's bullshit and you'd be like yeah i don't but i do deal with this uh podcast and they're like what it's a podcast and you spread the word spread the love and all you got to do is go pick one up at punninggame.com and go to the punning game shop click on that and then don't forget when you check out at the teespring website once you click on that link to go there just use the promo code nwtpod that's nwtpod for free shipping guys that's right free shipping on your order when you buy stuff for it it's going to be great. You'll love it. I don't have any shows coming up, guys. Um, I just did one uh, this past Saturday. It was a lot of fun. Shout out to the Ice House and thanks to Holly J for letting me go and do a spot there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, all the patrons there were really cool. It was a fun time. But uh, shout out to you guys for listening to this podcast and always having a good time with me. Uh, this has been Not Worth the Time, guys. And you know what? Just don't compliment people's tan.